With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, you coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft, the Marks, hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 183 pounds. Yes, I've been out running. I am John, uh, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this show. And with me, a man who has more height than a Montez Ford frog splash. It's Big Alex. Thank you very much for comparing me to Montez Ford. That's the best intro I've ever had. I knew you would like that. And let's welcome to the show a man that yet again looks like he's playing Tiger rather than talking about wrestling. It's Sports Keeders Wrestling Journalist, Scotland's answer to Dave Meltzer himself, it's Gary Cassidy. How's it going? And I'm actually excited that you mentioned uh, Montez Ford there because I wish you'd have said that Alex was as intoxicated as Montez Ford was on last night's Raw. Um, for anybody that missed that, <laughs> I I want to get to I want to get to this. There is so much to digest from last night's Raw. When we get into the bunny and putovers, there is so much to talk about. Uh, but first, we have to have our own separate, it's like separate section for schedule. Raw this week. Just it is. It. It's just. It is just a minefield raw this week we'll get into it in the burning put overs and in my promo as well because there is something we need to talk about uh, we'll get onto that in a minute however we need to discuss yet again and i've got if you're watching the the, the youtube version on patreon uh, you'll see in my background tiger um and i think the song needs to come out again alex so one two three Inspector Gary. Gary's been on it again. He's he's been up to some more sterling detective work. Gary, please talk the listeners through what you've discovered this week. The first thing is we need to bookend the the Sasha Banks stuff. Where on SmackDown she did indeed come out with the Sasha Banks side plates, which means that the the full thing that was mentioned last week seems almost confirmed where they done that photo shoot in between changing the side plates between two SmackDown tapings, um, which is why she was wearing the same attire as last week's SmackDown, and then that's how it got leaked that she was winning it. Um, this week's one is now slightly unconfirmed. There is obviously the thing that I spotted, but I don't know what the end game is where I've not been told anything about the end game. We can only surmise that it's going to be someone debuting, um, but essentially what happened yesterday was... And this is always worrying when it happens for a lot of reasons, because we know a lot of other people that have done it for other reasons, is complete blackout of a profile, all tweets deleted, all Instagram posts deleted, and black profile photo. Obviously, face value, you're like, right, that's either just for a repackaging or something's happened or they've been hacked or something. You know, it could be anything. Then a wee bit of closer inspection. Um, The profile photos weren't completely black. There was a wee bit of inconsistency there. Um, and this, the only reason I had a look at this, if anybody remembers when Dark Order were hinting at the Exalted one, there was all these wee tiny hints and they were always a different shade of black, like a kind of charcoal or different shade of black, just standing out somewhere in the corner. 
I'm going to zoom into that because you can click on a profile on Twitter, the uh, profile photo on Twitter. You can't do it on Instagram. So the first one I seen was Twitter. I'm probably going to get them the wrong way around. But one of, the, one of them said, we will rise. I think that was the Twitter one. And I was like, I'm going to go and check if the Instagram one's the same, fully expecting it to be the same photo. And that said, from the ashes. Obviously, either way around, it's either from the ashes, we will rise, or we will rise from the ashes. I've not mentioned who it is yet, Dominic Dijakovic, the guy that has been rumoured to be going to Raw over the past however many weeks. Obviously, we know he got slightly decimated the last time he was on NXT. Probably a way to write him off TV for a bit. Who knows if he's going to be on NXT, Raw, maybe in some kind of mystery faction we're going to talk about later. But, yep, interesting stuff that it wasn't just a black profile photo. No idea why I clicked it, but I'm glad I did. Nice work, Gary, yet again. So we reckon Big Double D on the way to the main roster. Do you think a character change maybe as well? I think it's necessary. I uh, find him a little bit bland, personally. Oh, I was going to say, he's not got much character to, to change. I mean, so. like the only thing I know about Dominic Dijakovic is he likes to warm up and promo in front of a Croatian flag. That's, that's all. <laughs> and point his eyes. Yes, yes. That's yes, he enjoys pointing his eyes. He is a bit kind of create-your-own-wrestler basic in the 2K, isn't he? A bit like that, you know, the whole package. He's, but the thing is, he's so good in the ring. He is Aye. so, so good in the ring, you know? He's also probably the only WWE wrestler to get a longer name when joining. I <laughs> don't think that's ever happened before. But uh, he's really impressive in the ring, so. Oh, don't you, that, don't you worry. Just Dom. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be shortened down to Dijakovic by the time, because he can't be Dominic. Can't be Dominic. We've already got a Dominic. So he'll be shortened down to Dijakovic. Put my money on that one. <laughs> um, before we get on to the show, though, got to say, Rab and Gretel, they're, they're staying. It's like the Wolf of Wall Street. They're not leaving. <laughs> they're not leaving. Um, Turns out John's promo on the main show did a lot of good then, did it? Apparently so. Um, amazing work. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Patreon's still coming in. Um, we've got about 140-odd patrons now, which convinced uh, Rab and Grado that, yeah, we've got to continue this for you guys and the wrestling community we've created here. So thank you so much. There's going to be lots of extra stuff on Patreon, including this week. I'm sitting down with Rab tomorrow night, chatting to him, having an interview about him, about his involvement and how he came about into the world of wrestling, um, both you know as a fan and actually going on to promote his own shows. So that'll be available on Patreon this week. So if you aren't involved yet, get involved, patreon.com forward slash wrestling uh, and you'll get that as a bonus episode. And then next week, I'm sitting down with Grado. God knows how long it'll take me to tie him down. <laughs> I'm going to get part two of the, the Grado story, chapter two of It's Yourself. Um, so what's coming on Patreon? The guys are going to be off for the next couple of weeks because Rab's away getting married. He's getting married at the weekend uh, to his beautiful wife, Jen. So he's uh, off, bit of marriage, wee bit of honeymoon. So bit us, of marriage. I like the way you put that. <laughs> it's just a bit of marriage. Yeah, just a, a bit, bit of, of honeymoon. Bit of honeymoon. Uh, so us three mugs will be looking after the Friday show as well. So looking forward to that. Um, but this is the, the Mark show and we've got all the usual stuff. Gary has been as well as detective skills, he has been breaking the stories yet again this week. We'll get into that in the news a bit later on. We'll be burying and putting over stuff from the big shows, and I can't wait to get to Raw. 
Gary, I have no idea what you're going to bury. There is a lot of lot to take in from last night's show. Um, I'm not sure if I'm the lucky one or the unlucky one this week at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think we can. I think we can definitely afford Gary a couple of extra buries and putovers this week. I think you can, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Jane Louise stipulation could be out of the window. I suspect. <laughs> um, we're back on Fantasy Booking Island yet again, and Gary has the book. What are me and Alex booking this week, Gary? This seems to be actually more fitting than I thought it would be after what we might have seen last night on Raw. Again, I know we'll get into it later. But I wanted to keep it as simple as possible. Book an invasion angle, any invasion angle. Do what you want with it. It can be inter-promotional. It can be, you know, a faction. It can be a full promotion. (coughs) Anything you want. Invasion. Just book an invasion. Right. Nice one. Looking forward to that. Uh, We've also got the feature that gets a bigger pop than the Hardy Boys return at WrestleMania. It's back once again as we turn Japanese with Big Alex. What will we be looking at this week, Alex? Well, speaking of big pops, they've announced a brand new show, they've announced a brand new tournament, and they've even now announced a point to the Summer Struggle Tour. So there's loads to talk about with New Japan oh, as well. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's my, the highlight of my week is hearing about the Japanese wrestling. It's the highlight of the listeners' weeks, the wrestling daft. We're all waiting with bated breath for the return of turning. I Japanese. think... Um, just kind of generating a wee idea here, something that might be a nice future Patreon thing might be Alex and Rab doing a Japanese wrestling special. Oh my god, the... that would go on forever. I've made uh, I've <laughs> just made for a four hour show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Uh, so get that on because uh, we know you love it, and plus, we'll be getting all the latest news, like I say, with Gary. But first, it's time to cut a promo. I have. A lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, okay, we've already touched on it a couple of times on the show, but if you haven't seen Raw last night, spoiler alert, you're about to hear a wee bit of went on. So, basically, Shane O'Mac was billed to come back, we saw in the WWE's Twitter, Twitter. Then suddenly he comes back with this. Raw Underground. Now, if you haven't seen Raw last night, let me talk you through what Raw Underground is. Imagine a wrestling ring with no ropes, but the posts are still there. There's a black mat. There's a crowd baying around the side. There's dancing girls. There's hip-hop music being played while this is going on, okay? And we have Shane O'Mac in the middle of all this circus calling like it's a wrestling match, like he's the ringmaster. We're in the same old Shane O'Mac gear. We've got a referee here with black, black gloves. What the fucking hell is this, I hear you ask? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Imagine Fight Club meets MMA meets, you know, pro wrestling. That is the Raw Underground. It doesn't know what the fuck it is. It has no idea. So we've basically got what is meant to be a shoot environment with a kind of Fight Club feel, but with NXT uh, and uh, Performance Center talent and main roster talent, as if it's a shoot fight, but doing what they would already do in the ring, but worked moves. They're doing work moves in a kind of MMA. It's like if, for example, the MMA started doing pro wrestling. Let's, let's, you know, if the MMA, for example, Conor McGregor was to go to the top of the MMA cage and leap off it with a flying elbow, or, you know... That would be amazing, I'd love that. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, or actually do a proper pile driver, or someone actually does a shoot DDT. 
and break someone's neck. This is what it's like. The, it's all over the place. I have no idea what it's meant to be. I have like, and it just totally, it totally shits on pro wrestling. It <laughs> completely shits on actual pro wrestling because it's meant to be shoot, but it looks like a work. And I don't get it. I don't get it. What's going on? Please, please, someone explain it to me. Gary, please tell me what's going on. I hate it. I hate it. It's the first week and I like how they're trying something different, but I immediately hate this. Please give me your thoughts and views. You've got to admire the fact that they've put the person with the best um, work shoot punches and Shane McMahon into the league role, though. Really, that's something that you've got to admire in some way. Um, so I, I actually quite like the idea. I'm not sure how much life it's got and there's a lot I hate about it, um, but I like the idea. The one thing they really made a mess of, though, is we don't know why people, like, why did we just see Dolph Ziggler getting in and fighting somebody? We need, there needs to be some kind of jeopardy about it or some, like, what? either jobs need to be at risk or money needs to be involved. We you know what the, the rules? Thing was Todd Phillips' reaction. Todd Phillips is just like, oh, that was cool. What was that? We've got an underground fighting ring going on next door. Cool, we'll just Aye. cut back to that later. Yeah. So I, I found out about this an hour before, or less than an hour before Raw went on there, and I'm really glad that I found out that late, because I feel like no matter how certain I was that this was the idea, I still wouldn't have been comfortable putting out the story on it, because nobody would have believed me. Absolutely <laughs> nobody would have believed me that that was going to happen. So I'm glad I found out so late that I couldn't put a story on it. I just put a couple of wee teasers on Twitter, and I was like, no, I'll just leave it there. No spoil anything, let everyone find it for themselves. <laughs> then, at the end of the show, the Hurt Business walk in, destroy everyone. They've just lost on the main roster. The, you know, the MVP's just lost a wrestling match, and now he's walked into a fucking shoot environment, apparently, and he's battered some boy, as has Bobby Lashley. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if it you doesn't were make sense. It well, the Hurt sense. Business are the perfect people for that environment, though. I do get that. I but get that. The wrong time. What are the rules? I don't understand the rules. It's there are no rules. There are no rules. There are no rules. <laughs> it's basically someone jumps on top of someone, batters them, and then Shino Mac says, well, that's you the winner. It's just, I don't it's just get it. Shino Mac. We are, breaking the, we are breaking the first rule because the first rule are on the ground as you don't speak about Raw. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm hoping they go like totally lucha underground with it and start throwing in all the crazy like mad shit that went on. And- yep. Lucha Underground, like, you know, got like Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground. Like I got Lucha Underground because it was set out like it was, but this has just popped out from nowhere. I just, I'm, oh, I'm so confused. Shall we, shall we start placing bets on how long this is going to last? Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So two right. week. It's a two week minimum because they've obviously already filmed next week. Right. Okay. I am going to go. I'm going to go four weeks because Vince hasn't seen it yet, and then you'll see it on the, the next tapings. Go that is shit and cut. Pull it four weeks. I'm giving it four weeks. So starting that being the first one, two, three, four. That's it. That's all I'm giving it. Alex. See, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really bold and I'm gonna say they push this for like two months. I reckon they're gonna oh, try this at, gonna say. at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon there will be a pay-per-view appearance of Raw Underground. Whether or not was- SmackDown Underground appears at the weekend as well. And SmackDown's got a lot more talent for it as well. Matt Riddle, Sonya Deville, oh. Cesaro, Chad Gable. The amount of talent on SmackDown that could be on it would be incredible. But I'm thinking the same where I was going to say eight weeks, two months, uh, definitely. I think we'll get some kind of payoff. I really want the payoff to be a fight pit match. Um, I really hope we get some, you know, a tournament and then that's the payoff. But I think they're going to persevere for a little bit with it just because people are talking. 
good or bad people are talking, and that is the kind of the only thing that matters. So that is, I think yeah. they'll hopefully make a couple of tweaks, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the dancing girls. Can we stop having Remove the dancing girls everywhere <laughs> in 2020? It's, it's yeah. like we're meant to be living in a world of equality. We've just had the Me Too movement. Can we stop with the sexification of women? <laughs> and I don't think sexification's a word. I'll add that in there. No, it's just it's wild. So anyway, that, that's my promo. I'm glad we're all kind of, kind of in agree, agreement with that. What the fuck is raw on the ground? Thank you very much. So every week on the show, we look back at the big wrestling shows and basically sit here and slag them off and say nice things about them as well as we bury and put over. Uh, This week, we welcome one of our brand new patrons. Thank you to Craig, who's jumped on and is our resident mark for this week. How are you doing, Craig? Good, mate. Yourself? Aye, not bad, not bad. How long have you listened to Wrestling Daft for? Pretty much from this first episode, aye, the Chris Jericho one. Really done, listen. Amazing how you hook people in with Chris Jericho, isn't it, John? (laughs) That's amazing how that worked out. Uh, Season (laughs) ticket holder, I'm glad to have you on board. And thank you very much for signing up to Patreon and uh, supporting the show and keeping it going. Really appreciate that, mate. Um, How long have you been in wrestling all your life? or? Uh, the, f- the first um, pay-per-view that I remember watching was SummerSlam 91, which is like the match made in hell slash match made in heaven thing. So yeah. That's kind of like my first memory. Um, so I, ever since then, pretty much. Did you have a- See, a lot of wrestling fans, because I kind of start... I was, I'm probably more of your vintage as well, Craig. Uh, I, my first kind of pay-per-view was kind of 89, SummerSlam 89. And they kind of... Dropped out when I went to, kind of, I was about 13, 14, kind of dropped away from it. And then I came back to it when I was about 18 or 19 during the attitude year, that kind of stuff. Did you have a lax period or? Probably like kind of sort of mid 2000s, there was a wee bit of a lax period, but I always kept an, an eye on it. I never watched it as intently at that point, but I pretty much more since then I've kind of made sure I've kept up to date with it and stuff. Good lad, good lad. Have you got any wrestling credentials that you can impress us with for this feature? Um, well, I was thinking about which wrestlers I've met. I've met a couple. I've met Grado once or twice. I've yes, met Cole Cabana. It's uh, pretty <laughs> unforgettable. Um, I've met Cole Cabana, but the weirdest thing that I've had with a wrestler is that I was backstage at a... Well, I, I ended up stumbling backstage at a show in Edinburgh. I accidentally tried to find a toilet and I stumbled across John Morrison and Ricochet playing a computer game. <laughs> <laughs> what were they playing? Oh well, do you remember Five Star Wrestling? Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it was one of their first shows before they'd had the TV contract and stuff, and um, they were trying to put together some mad, weird computer game that it looked absolutely horrendous. But they were like trying out to see what it was like and stuff, and I just stumbled across them, and they just kind of looked at me as if to say. Who are you? And I was like, oh, sorry, lads. <laughs> just <laughs> made my way in there quite quickly. But I, that was quite the weirdest encounter I've had with a wrestler. Five-star uh, wrestling ended well. God rest his soul. Five-star wrestling. God rest his soul. Right, so you know the crack, um, Craig, we basically bury and put over. So you either get two bury, you can either have, well, you've got to put two put overs, and then you can enforce the Jen Louis stipulation, which means you only have to do one bury, or you can take two buddies. And then, match of the night so we'll get to you as you uh, review Smackdown to us in a minute but let's kick the whole thing off with Alex and AEW so I feel as though I'm starting to get really critical of Dynamite now as this was an average week of Dynamite even though it was a great show I think it's just now becoming like they seem to have peaks and troughs 
even though it's normally a very good quality. I mean, it's still great, but not the best. Ooh. So we had uh, a little game of Parse the Parcel with Marco Stunt, where JR decided to describe him as some kind of chihuahua, and we had the results of Stu Grayson's most recent rummage through the textile bin at Oxfam. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did say at the beginning of the show we need to give Gary some extra berry and putovers for Raw, so I'm going to take a total liberty here and steal an extra one for myself. <laughs> go for it. Right? And this is also going to be a little bit ironic because I did kind of have a go at over-sexualization earlier, but I want to put over Matt Cardona's fucking body. <laughs> oh, because he, he looked jacked. ripped. He looked jacked. <laughs> I just yeah. thought that needed to be mentioned. <laughs> okay, I'll get onto the real stuff now, right? <laughs> uh, so, first put over Darby Allen and that little sneak attack to start off the main event. How good was that? Mm. And like the way they even foreshadowed it, you had the little Taz promo before where he's calling him a pussy and all that stuff. And I did not see his little jump off the top of the off the top of the stage incoming. It was a great little moment to start yeah. the match. I was a yeah. big, big fan of that. Now on to the berries. Unfortunately, I am going to have to overrule the Jen Louise stipulation this week. I'm sorry, John. I know how much that disappoints you. Oh, it's but... okay. I've got plenty of buddies as well. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Jen. Um, Burry number one. Colt Cabana and Anna Jay not watching back the product they're featured on. <laughs> <laughs> every week we just drag them out and it's like just just you go to the side cult just you go to the side and then they go and do their evil deeds so there's no one like speak to cult backstage and tell them what Brody Lee's doing because he never think do you know what I want to like be critical of my commentary performance last night so I'm going to like go on and re-watch it back that's just a little bit too much but I did like them putting cult on commentary the whole revolving booth works really well over there yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. good keeps it fresh Burry number two, it's quite fitting because we're still on the topic of commentary. Oh, I wonder who's getting buried here. It's, 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 it's Tony and JR and how oh, they reference picture in picture. Eh, like, oh my God, eh, like so many times. Like I thought it would be hilarious that I'd count. I got to about 13 and by that point it was ridiculous and I just stopped counting. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, it's like... I mean, I guess it's, it's probably different for us since we're not in the States. So we can't get involved in these competitions. We're not watching it live. We're watching it on fights. So it's a bit different. But you don't have to keep hyping it up for the whole fucking show. It's unnecessary. It's absolutely. <laughs> I think my favorite GR moment, I think, I think actually, can we have a, a new feature within Barrier Put Over if we have GR moment of the week? Alex, I think, <laughs> I think my, fa- my favourite GR moment from this week was, who wrote that? He said about someone made a game, he said, who wrote that? I was just there, like, was, there was another good bit where like, um, I think a match had come up and Tony looked like, he just heard Jay go, oh, is this, is this one of mine as well? And Tony's like, yes, JR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, uh, we're, we're definitely putting GR moment of the weekend here. He, he also it. sounds like he's starting to get commission on masks. He does, yeah. Like, it's, he does. Like, I mean, good on them. Like, I'm glad that they're doing the opposite of WWE and they're really pushing the health and safety with the coronavirus situation. But, like, picture in picture, maybe a little bit. I thought, and we know why he wasn't there, but I think Excalibur not being there was something that was kind of not great for the other guys. I think he's normally the glue that holds everything together. Yeah, um, yeah. But we know why he, why he wasn't there, so... Oh, did they tell you why? Because I missed that. Because I remember last week they mentioned no, they never, Tony's test. never mentioned that They never all. mentioned Excalibur on the show. <laughs> they, they didn't, but um, apparently he was pulled and there's rumours that he might have pulled himself from the show because a video surfaced of him using the N-word. Um, ah. But apparently it was in character as well, but I know that that still doesn't really 
make a difference. Mm. But that is apparently why he was not in the show, just because it was breaking news like the day before. Right. No idea if they're going to stick him on a tolerance course or anything like um, they did with Sammy Guevara. But yeah, Hopefully, I thought it was a big I think I would really, yeah. really, really miss Excalibur. I think he's been a real big standout for me from the beginning of the AEW experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, last pull over, Alex. I think I think everyone can guess what this is going to be. Yes, it has got to be. It has to be. It has to be the fucking promo of the year. Maxwell Jacob Freeman (laughs) for president. Hashtag not my champion. Oh, brilliant! (laughs) I just love the little references he puts in. Like they come up with something like uh, because I'm not from the land of the Titans. That's old shtick, brother. Yeah, (laughs) he said something else like to John Moxley. I don't cause. Cosplay, that's a stone cold truth or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. So I thought that was that was like excellent. That was great from start to finish. The presentation, the whole getting MJF to lean into Donald Trump a little bit was a fantastic shout. And yeah. I encourage them to keep that up for the whole of this build to all out. Mm-hmm. I think it will be great. But again, he mentioned the damn ratings. Can they stop mentioning the ratings? Oh, Didn't God. mention the yeah. ratings. Oh. Um, match of the night has got to be your tag match because it's always going to be Paige and Omega for me I really like how Paige is leaning into this drunk character with a little kind of like pre-scuffle with the dark order and stuff before so yeah. I thought that was class and the bits with Brody like at the end getting all pissed off I know I buried them taking Colton that way but I thought it worked quite well this week if they wasn't they, if they got like some mental it was like JR going on it was again JR <laughs> moment about the five man tag and all this sort of stuff and then the tornado you just can't tag. keep track of it and all this stuff couldn't keep track is this, a, is this a tag match is this a tornado tag match and like, <laughs> it was like someone must have been zero. the tornado tag match is at the end of the night JR he was a bit confused by that all as well um, do you think it's going to be FTR hangman or do, what do you think how's that situation going to play out it's all I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens because I think they're going to start a wee a wee group with FTR and Paige so I don't think it'll be FTR to take the belts off them and yeah. what did confuse me though is why Arn is suddenly managing FTR I thought the whole idea was that it might be Tully like they've been alluding to Tully being involved in STR, FTR in some way for ages and then this week Arn turned up in the contract signing so that's a bit confusing. Yeah, it is a bit, it's all a bit, all a bit strange there. But no, I think there's, there's a lot of good matches there. I mean, obviously the, the Bucks FTR one, I think they're obviously going to hold off. They're holding off, holding off till they can get a crowd in for the FTR um, Bucks match. So I think because neither of them are, are like around the belts or anything like that, they can keep just pushing that off for as long as they need to. Yeah. And by the way, Hangman Page is only 29. That's incredible. Did not realise that until they said in commentary. So, uh, Lot to still miles still in the car, yeah. What a miles still in the car for him, or whatever the expression <laughs> is. For this one, John, in the, in the tank. What a miles still in the tank, in the car, whatever. Uh, right, okay. Uh, in that note, I'll move on to NXT and try and not trip over my world. Uh, right, so lots, lots of stuff on the show this week. Not a particularly strong NXT, I didn't think, but some some good moments in there as always. Um, I just want to put over classical music for ring entrances. <laughs> I <Yeah>. just <laughs> I just think you know if you have a classical music ring entrance, it's just good, isn't it? You know, Imperium, the Macho Man, Ric Flair, Daniel Bryan. More of that, please. Though I did notice... Well, I wouldn't really call the remix of Ride of the Valkyries particularly... I know, but classic. he did... He used to, before, excuse me, before he started using the jazz up Ride of the Valkyries, he actually used Ride of the Valkyries, and then some chump in the back said, oh, no, we can't have that because it's 
not cool enough for the kids. So we'll do a jazzed up version of it, like they did with Charlotte Flair as well. So Have I mentioned my uh, Imperium, makes... uh, Imperium song story? What's happened? Now, I was going to get to this. They've changed it, haven't they? It's not as banging as it used to be. Well, mine wasn't on that, but I um, I, I think they have altered it a wee bit. I'm not sure if it is just, you know, the, the empty arena or something that makes a difference, but when I went um, down to cover NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2, um, I'd originally booked a hotel miles away, and it was going to be like an hour's walk to get there. And obviously I knew where the, the hotel that I was going to be doing all the media stuff was in, so I just rebooked that hotel, because Blackpool in January, nobody was there. Um, so I booked that hotel, and uh, the stuff that I was doing the next morning was at 8 a.m. So I had to wake up really early. Obviously thought I was going to sleep in and that. So I was like, set my alarm super early, 7 o'clock. And for like the full hour, I was just like kind of going on my notes and stuff like that. But I decided for some reason that I was just going to listen to both Undisputed Era and Imperium's theme songs on repeat, just because they're two of the best theme, theme songs ever. No realizing that I'm pretty sure I was on the same floor as all of those talents in the hotel. <laughs> so I'm wondering if they were next door in any way and just heard somebody <laughs> blasting out oh. in the morning. I was like, I hope they didn't see me coming at the hotel. Oh, Riley <laughs> Riley on one side, Fabian Eichner on the other. I, that, is, that is ultimate Mark moment. You're in the right place here, Gary. You're among friends. Well played, mate. Well played. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to put over just classical music here. Ring entrances because it's great. And I think that I'm all for it. Um, right, let's go into the buddies. Let's take a couple here. Right, oh, I've got to say, what's happened to Robert Stone's feet, right? So Shotzi <laughs> ran over one foot with the tank and he had a, a you know, a, a boot on. She ran over the other foot and he didn't have a boot on that one. Come on, a bit of consistency here. <laughs> Did they not say that? He, I'm pretty sure they said something last week on NXT. It's like, it wasn't as bad as last week. Oh, like, yeah. They made a point of saying that. Like, so it seems like they've like preempted getting themselves out of making him completely disabled. Right, yeah, I guess so. But, the, but how Robert good Stone in a wheelchair would have been brilliant. Robert Stone... <laughs> <laughs> and then they're copying Britt Baker. Then everybody says they're copying that, Britt Baker. Yeah, so. yeah. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah, right, I'm also going to have to bury the fact that pe- any person out there that thought the Pat McAfee, Adam Cole thing <laughs> was shoot as opposed to a what... <laughs> On NXT, they did run, they ran, the, obviously, the whole scene when Pat McAfee and Adam Cole, which is obviously getting set up for a big, you know, undisputed era, we're back, in, back into that kind of kicking ass because they, they did a, you know, rundown on the Imperium and stuff like that. Um, but anyone that thought that was a fucking shoot, come on now. Come the on. weirdest <laughs> thing about that full thing was the on-screen graphic for Triple H said Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like, he's yeah. not been called that for about 25 years. I know, I saw it. Triple H or Paul he's not on the hostels anymore. And I would like a wee third buddy, but I'll wait till next week because I'm not convinced about Rich Holland, um, who's come up from NXT UK and is going to be on next week's NXT because the last time I seen him on NXT UK, he looked very green. Um, but Yeah, I thought that was a strange one as well that they've called yeah, him up. Yeah, of all the people you could have from, from NXT UK and they went for him, he maybe lives in the States. Or I was going to say it's a States. slightly geographical choice because he's been there for months. Um, ah, right. Because the first time he was on Raw, obviously he's got the moustache and everybody's gone, what are they doing having Dexter Loomis in the crowd? They're ruining his character. And it's like, it's no Dexter Loomis, it's Ridge Fallen. Right. Okay. <laughs> but I like the way Dexter Loomis now has like a monopoly on the moustache. Right. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, Bobby Fish is... What are you talking about, Bobby Fish? Oh, Fish has got a beard. He's got like a whole... 
Fish is just a good-looking man, John, right? Hey, Fish is a good-looking man. Fish is just a good-looking man. I realise that this week, every week I'm starting to like, just put over the looks and bodies of men, of male wrestlers now. Welcome to a wrestling <laughs> podcast. And complain about <laughs> dancing women. Yeah, this is getting off. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to put my final God, just following on from that, my final put over is Dakota Kai getting rid of her perm. <laughs> 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 We're talking about men's bodies. I'm talking about women's hair. Uh, yeah, I th- this is I think some top quality wrestling. This is really top right quality, here. you know. But I, I didn't think she suited her perm, so I'm really delighted she's going back to her straight hair. You know, not talking about the ending of the triple threat match, which I thought was really good. You know, not talking about Loomis popping up in the background. No, nope, I'm going to put over Dakota Kai's lack of perm. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed NXT. I enjoyed NXT, but um, uh, yeah, good to see Imperium back as well. Keith Lee, uh, Cameron Grimes is great as a heel. I, I think that whiny heel stuff she does is brilliant. Uh, but match of the night, uh, I'm gonna go Roddy Gargano. Oof, yeah, that's yeah, that's good. never gonna be bad, is it? Roddy Gargano, just two master technicians, Roddy. Roderick Strong's so good. As is, I'd Gargano. argue they are the two best workhorses in the brand. Yeah, I, th- I think Gar- Gargano gets a kind of hard time from a lot of wrestling fans just for the way his matches run and stuff. But I think he's brilliant. And him and Roddy, give them more time. Just give give them all the time. Give them all the time. So, yeah, that's NXT from me. Let's move over to Craig and SmackDown. And I've got a funny feeling SmackDown is going to rate better than Raw did this week. <laughs> Aye, it's um, wasn't he as weird as Raw put it that way. Um, <laughs> Smackdown wasn't he too bad. There was nothing great on it or nothing too brutal either. It was just kind of middle of the road. You can tell they're low on talent, so there was like no too much going on. But um, my first put over would be Sonya Deville. Um, like obviously that storyline's been kind of absent from like the show for the last few weeks for whatever reasons. Um, but uh, the sort of back scenes segment we had in. Uh, Mandy Rose was really good how they put it, like that together and stuff. I thought, and uh, it just showed her in a really good light in terms of her character and what she's like trying to do. And um, I, I thought Sonia Deville was really good in that. It was the best part about it though was that nobody seemed to react until she got out the Clippers, and then <laughs> the Clippers were like the that was uh, you went over the line here, <laughs> and uh, everybody seemed to be scared of the Clippers as well. Even like a bald guy, I'm sure, was there, and he seemed to be scared of them. So that was quite interesting. She, she's been, uh, absolutely, I mean, Gary, you've been going on about Sonia for the last last week while she's been totally fired through lockdown, hasn't she? I, I think they're uh, positioning her for the big blow off match with Mandy Rose at SummerSlam and then sticking on it in the title picture. I'm pretty certain that's the way they're going to go well. Yeah, um, yeah. And it would be brilliant if they did. They definitely should because she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'll go with the GLS system. So I've only really got kind of one buddy and it's it's just a sobriety storyline that they keep bringing up with Jeff Hardy. I know they've kind of sort of ended the feud with him and Seamus by, by what Seamus' promo and stuff. But then Baron Corbin comes out and he's using the same sort of shtick about like the sobriety thing and about collecting coins and all that and it's like just let Jeff Hardy be Jeff Hardy it's just uh, they keep just going on with that and I don't know why they just kind of just move on to it but uh, they seem to be sticking with it I don't know what Jeff Hardy's next storyline is it doesn't seem like they're setting up a sheet because Baron Corbin's kind of with Matt Riddle at the moment so I'm not too sure but I wish it would just end that yeah. They love Corbin. They love Corbin. He'll feud with the entire roster at once, and they'll be really happy about it. What do you? <laughs> what, talking about Corbin, what do you make of P- 
putting him and Chad Gable together. It was very random. I think that was a, like, we've not got many people here. We'll just throw you in there type scenario. I like Chad Gable. He's great in the ring. And him and Matt Riddle, that would be an incredible match before if it's setting up towards Riddle and uh, Corbin. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you can tell they're just got, they're just folk, right, we need something for him to do type thing. Yeah. It's, I've, I've heard rumours they're considering dropping Shorty G. Dang I it. hope oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be lovely. You can't have a heel called Shorty G. No, yeah. you can't. No, certainly not. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my second put over would be Biggie's singles push. I know it's going to like by accident in terms of the injuries to Kofi Kingston and uh, Xavier Woods. Um, but the best things in wrestling normally happen by accident. Um, so it's good that he's going to finally get a singles push. Whether it actually comes to anything or they do it properly is very much up for interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's good that he's actually going to get one at the moment. How long that lasts, who knows? But yeah, I thought he came across quite well in the match with him. Is guys, do you think you'll see Big E in the Universal Title picture? I think they're going to go Intercontinental. I was yeah. thinking the same as well. We, oh, then, um, can you complain with Big E versus AJ Styles? No, no, definitely not. And that's a brilliant face v heel dynamic as well. Yeah. I'd really like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw Gary uh, on his Twitter was pushing for the return of the Big E five count this week. Yeah, <laughs> I know that uh, everybody was saying it's way too heelish, but I'm like, oh, just do it. It's brilliant. I love the gimmick. Yeah, I absolutely love it. <laughs> I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, what was the match tonight, Craig? Uh, it'll be AJ Styles, Grand Metalik. AJ Styles could have a good match with my Gran, I think. So uh, he's never going to be in a bad match, but no. uh, Grand Metalik's good um, as well. And uh, it was a great way to start off the show, definitely. I, I, I tell you what, it's, I, I think Lucha Underground. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Lucha, Lucha Underground's dead, John. We've got a new There's too many Luchas out there now. Uh, Lucha, Lucha House Party, I think, you know, ever since Elimination Chamber, have been look brilliant. I think people actually elimination chamber went, these guys are actually really good. Yep. Let's use them a bit more. And I would suspect next week will be Lince Dorado, AJ Styles, which again I think will be pretty body good as well. Yeah. I think they were setting up for them to be sort of the main uh, feud with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura as well for the tag titles. Good. So. That's good. That's, that's good to hear. Good to hear. I think yeah, it'll be good to see their talents on show. Right. Now is the time. What has been happening on Raw, Gary? I'm probably going to disappoint you here because I'm no. sticking to two biddies and uh, two putovers. I've split them though, so I'm doing a biddy and a putover for Raw and a biddy and a putover for Raw Underground. Right, okay. <laughs> You've got a putover for Raw. I do indeed, I do indeed. We go. Um, so I'll start with just Raw and then we'll get into Underground. My putover, my first putover, and I kind of knew this was going to be it anyway after last week. It's been a while since I've put over Drew McIntyre, uh, but that promo <laughs> last night was absolutely incredible. It was absolutely good. phenomenal. And when you it was, you know, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, you know the promos are going to be brilliant. There's no, no doubt in that. Um, just how real, and it, he's brilliant at this anyway, but just how real Drew McIntyre made the promo sound and the fact they said pick. I, I wrote that down. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way you say it. The word prick is so underused. You know, it, yeah. if you call someone a prick, it just, it, you know, it's, if you call someone a dickhead, it's not as good as you. You're a prick. See, in the and, Scottish <laughs> accent, it works so well. He's the only guy in the roster that can do it and do it believably as well. But I, that, it was just a brilliant promo. I really hope that was a lovely way to end it. It just steps up and he starts calling, right, you, Bob, <laughs> Bob Ag. Ag. 
<laughs> wanker. He starts calling people wankers as well. That you know. I mean, we could then make like a Drew McIntyre Scottish banker, Scottish banter bingo card, which would be class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's been a well done. We got Drew back into the putovers. Aye, it's been a few months since that uh, run. No, it's not, guy. It's been a matter of weeks since you've had him as a putover. <laughs> <laughs> See when you said you had won, I was convinced it was going to be Liv Morgan because before it was Drew, uh, it was Liv Morgan. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, yeah, that was good as well, but um, and Ruby Riot as well. But I, that was good as well. But now we've we've put them to the side for this week. The Berry, <laughs> the the Berry has to be the faction. Yes. Uh, uh. <laughs> don't advertise a faction hellbent and chaos on your official website and promote that as being the thing that's going to happen and then don't really have them show up anyway. Um, so I'm going to bypass the fact that they didn't actually give us a faction uh, because that is just annoying in itself. Everybody was waiting to the very end of the night. Even after the very end of the show, I was like, it can't have finished. We've not seen the faction. But my main problem is the fact that they've got a faction that's hell-bent and causing chaos. It's going to overthrow the authority and all that stuff. You know, we see one wee bit of them throwing a Molotov cocktail, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, they went full Grand Theft Auto there. We've seen the production stuff they were messing about with. Liked all that stuff, but they ruined it by advertising it beforehand because as far as I know, we're still meant to believe that Raw's live. I know we all know it's not, but we're still meant to believe Raw's live. So if they've advertised that beforehand and then they have them kind of jiggering about with stuff that the production team are a bit, you know, unaware of, it just doesn't make sense. And the fact that and it seems like now the reason the, the faction didn't debut is because they weren't meant to originally. The, the rumour is the social media team jumped the gun on that after they seen Pro Wrestling Sheet and Ryan Satin putting out the story and they just put it out immediately, which it's amazing that can be a miscommunication in any massive company. Um, but the fact that they mentioned, uh, or, or Ryan Satin was mentioning, it's not political, definitely not political. It's going to at least incite some kind of political feelings in something, somewhere. Um, and they book themselves into a corner with this kind of thing because if it's going to be that kind of thing and they're going to be chaotic, which was the word of the day, if they're going to be this, you know, faction that is hell-bent on overthrowing the authority, they also can't just be on Raw. They need to be across every brand. Yeah. So they're really booking themselves into a corner with it and they just under-delivered on something that they went as far as putting a story on in WWE.com, which they never normally do with rumours. So they just didn't deliver on what they, what they promised. Now we're assuming that all the, the you know throughout all last night there was all the kind of flash, flicking of the lights, all the kind of mic cutouts. That's all to do with this faction, presumably, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, that was man stealing all the power in the basement. Aye, <laughs> aye, <laughs> all that. Um, aye, that was all. But again, they kind of didn't explain that. That was the the gimmick because that obviously they're messing about with the power. I think that um, the footage they threw, uh, they shown uh, shoot. The footage they had shown was the faction throwing a Molotov cocktail at an electricity generator, I guess it was meant to be. So that was meant to be the kind of half explanation. But also and that's that, that causes more of an explanation. How many buildings have an external power generator in the middle of Florida? <laughs> in the middle of Orlando? Next to a university? It was... Uh, I, I, it just... It wasn't good. It wasn't yeah. good. <laughs> before, we, before we move into uh, Raw Underground, the buddies and put overs, which I'm very much looking forward to hearing what you're going to put over from that, Gary. Um, <laughs> what, who do you think is going to be in this faction? We've mentioned Dijakovic. What, I any, think... Any guesses? I think it needs to be, um, if the rumour is true and they're going to be called Justice, but spelt just us, I think it has to be Mustafa Ali. Um, I, I, I don't think it will be, but for me it would definitely be Mustafa Ali leading a faction. 
Uh, I also heard a rumour last night that the thing that we've been hearing for weeks is that they are still planning on doing this full Nation of Domination 2.0 thing. Um, but I hope that's not the case. Surely that's the Hurt business. Sure. Aye, that would make more sense. But I, I heard last night that that's still apparently something really? that's being planned, yeah. Had MVP not come out against the, the kind of Nation of Domination revival thing? Eh, I don't think I've seen, I'm not sure if I've seen that, but it probably did. I mean, I think it's a terrible idea. I think Aye. it's probably the worst idea they could do. It's the most tone-deaf thing ever in this current day and age, for a start. Um, yeah. And the fact that if they were going to have that running against, or, or even at the same time as this faction, it just is a bit daft. Um, but I, for me, no, no keen. I would like Mustafa Ali as leader of the faction, but I don't think it'll happen. I mean, it's going to be interesting who they bring in for that faction. Who is it going to be all the, the underutilized guys? But then I'm trying to think who everyone's kind of been utilized just now because like of Ricochet, the coronavirus. Cedric Alexander, everyone's had a failed maybe, push in the past. Maybe, maybe it's just, maybe it's Ali Alexander and Ricochet. Maybe that, that maybe that's a faction. But then Ricochet and Alexander have been kind of floating about telly the last week while so. I'll be interested. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll be tuning back in, obviously, for Raw Underground next week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens there. Right, okay, let's move on to my favourite bit. Let's go into the buddies and putovers for Raw Underground. <laughs> so my first, the, the first buddy, which I'm going to kind of write off, this, I've got one and a half buddies because it's the same segment, we'll see. Um, but the main thing is the, the Nitro Girls. Um, why... What underground fight club has three women dancing on a stage immediately across? And I don't know because I've not been in any, um, but I don't know who would have three women dancing and scantily clad across fade guys trying to kill each other. Can um, we just again, pretend this is actually what Shane McMahon's basement looks like and he's just remodeling it around? <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was just something I, I didn't get, like Alex mentioned earlier, the full sexualization thing. When you run that kind of angle at the same time as you're trying to promote like the women's evolution and, and all that kind of thing, it just isn't good. I absolutely hated it. Uh, that, that was something that I didn't like. But the main barriers is kind of looking more at the, I mentioned guys half killing themselves. So this is kind of a contrast to one of the, the bits of my putover, but it actually kind of exposes your core product if you're doing this, because if you're going to have people assaulting each other closed fist, that's one of the things that doesn't happen in wrestling. The only two people I can think of that have won by knockout that are the actual boxers, you know, like Tyson Fury doing it recently. The only people that actually win by knocking out people with punches is Lacey Evans in the big show. Yeah. So it kind of defeats the purpose when you do that. Now, I like the kind of grapple style that they're doing. You know, I like the I like the fact that it's going to showcase some ground games, but I just think it completely undermines the actual professional wrestling aspect of professional wrestling. So that, for me, I don't know how they're going to run it alongside, you know, professional, professional wrestling. wrestling show. I, I hope they do, because I'm, I'm intrigued by the concept, which I'll get into with the put-over, but that's the one thing that is... I need to bury it, because I think yep. it is... Trying to, uh, you know, how's this going to run against like UFC or actual MMA? Isn't he? So it kind of puts it in a difficult position. Yeah. But I, the, the put over, um, I like it overall. Uh, oh, you! Don't. <laughs> I also don't hate it. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> so, full disclosure, one of my favourite things, and actually my two favourite wrestling promotions of all time at ECW and Lucha Underground. And it doesn't, you know, it's no dissimilar to any of them, particularly Lucha Underground. Overall, I really liked how they presented it. 
you know, right from the start, having a, my favourite guy of all time, big Jordan Omogbehan, who was the giant ninja guarding the door. Um, I just love that guy because I can bring out that fact every you know every time it turns up. Oh, the seven foot three guy that WWE signed as a former basketball player. Um, but having him guarding the door, they had you know the vice president of creative writing Ryan Ward, who's like whatever five foot five, I think he is five foot six. That angle, you know, they presented that they teased it the right way. I wish they teased it a bit more. I think they showed Shane McMahon and what it was way too early, but I know they were trying to hook people for the third hour. Um, but I thought the way they threaded it was brilliant. I know the idea is very controversial, and I wish they had gave us a bit more background into, you know, I mentioned earlier, why we need to know why is, you know, are people's jobs at stake if they are not good at this? Are they going to win money if they are good at it? We need some kind of jeopardy yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also need, you know, they just had a, I think his name was Dabo Kato or Daba Kato, who is Baba Tunde, um, that was in the main event film. He was in the Greatest Royal Rumble, get eliminated by Braun Strowman. He was the main guy we've seen against a load of other people we don't know. They should have probably started with a wrestler we knew. But the fact that we ended up getting people like, you know, Eric the Viking Raiders. I've been critical about how they've misused the Viking Raiders. Dolph Ziggler. He's somebody that has got a very, you know, strong amateur wrestling background, which we've not really seen much of or heard much of. And the main thing, the ending, I love the ending. And I think if you have this as a gimmick for the Hurt Business, which it makes sense name-wise, and Bobby Lashley just wrecking people in this. I agree with what you said with the promo uh, earlier that they shouldn't have had them lose the matches before it. Um, but I think it's going to be really good and... There's a load of options going forward. Not sure how much life it's got, but if it ends, as I said earlier, in a fight pit, I would be all for it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. I'm very, very sceptical because there's a lot of stuff I hate, but I don't <laughs> hate the concept overall. <laughs> well, do you know what? The one thing is uh, they need to try something, don't they? I mean, with the ratings and what have you, and I hate, you know, we hate talking about ratings in this show, but they need, WWE need to do something different. And you know what you would say? This is completely different. Yeah, but like the only thing I would say, it just come from nowhere. There's been no backstory to it. It's just suddenly, oh, Shino Mac's back with this. And it's it, like, it came from nowhere because it came from nowhere. Um, it literally wasn't a plan before yesterday. So that's, <laughs> so that's why it came from nowhere. Mental, mental. <laughs> See, before we wrap up burying putovers, I think John might have an honorary putover for Raw that he's not mentioned yet. Yep, yep. Hazawa <laughs> won the twenty four seven title. <laughs> no, I was really disappointed at the lack of Big Ninja, but oh, he was uh, obviously too busy at the Raw Underground. He's got, a, he's got an upgrade. He's a security guard now. Um, you're <laughs> going to hate me even more when I mention my match of the night because it isn't the Tazawa match. Oh, disappointing. <laughs> there wasn't many great matches on the card, and I didn't mind the United States title match, and I really didn't mind the Riot Squad v the Iconics. But my match of the night is a Raw Underground match and it's Eric for the Viking Raiders against the unnamed talent because it showcased him as being absolutely brilliant which has been missing so I... <laughs> this has been my favourite Barry and put over just the <laughs> John's face during everything that Gary said <laughs> oh god well, if, if you want to see my face and reaction sign up patreon.com forward slash wrestling Craig thank you very much for being involved and uh, doing Smackdown for us taking the Smackdown bullet as we like to say but I think we might have to switch it to Raw for next week <laughs> uh, and remember if you want to get mud, uh, buddies and putovers for the, the headline show this week me, Gary and Alex are doing that so get them in to us uh, at Wrestling Daft on Twitter it's Wrestling Daft Podcast on Instagram and just plain old Wrestling Daft on Facebook <laughs>
Well, we've been going on about it for weeks and weeks now, and you guys have stepped up to the plate, so thank you very much. Thank you for everyone that signed up to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Um, the reason people are signing up, we kept driving great on the show, but also to get extra content from this here podcast. So um, on tier one, you can sign up for that. It's $4 a month, about three quid, a price of a cup of coffee. Uh, Patreon-only chat community you'll get on there. you get ad-free versions of all episodes, early episode access to the headline show. Uh, you get bonus content. We actually put, stupidly, I don't know what I was thinking, on the Patreon this week, I found the original photo shoot of Robin Gradle against a green screen. Put in a bunch of wrestling daft fans with pictures of Rab and Grado uh, against the green team was a bad idea. Let me just say that much. And thank you to Sean, who, you know, we all know Tactical Hot Dog, one of our favourites on the show. He's been on this show a couple of times, who uh, got one of the pictures and photoshopped them on top of Pornhub. So I'm not told Rab and Grado about that, but if you want to see... If you want to get green screen pictures of Ram and Grado to have fun with, they're right up there in tier one of the Patreon. And you also get a full video version of this very podcast. And vote on what you want to see on the list of wrestling daft. More on that later. Uh, tier two, Intercontinental Champion, $10 a month, about seven odd quid. You get a video version of the headline show. So uh, Alex and Gary, you'll need to spruce yourself up for this week as we're taking over the headline show. Uh, invite to our Patreon-only pay-per-view parties. Next one, probably SummerSlam, boys. I would guess so. I think think SummerSlam. And do you know what I'm going to do, actually, on that tier as well? We're going to do a bit of Quiz-a-mania, like we did with uh, WrestleMania. We're going to have a quiz before SummerSlam, because it's one of the big four. So we might do that, and we actually might do it live, I think, for SummerSlam, because it's one of the big four. So Patreon-only pay-per-view parties, get involved in that. It's always a good laugh. We get drunk. We shoot on wrestling. It's great fun. Uh, and a bonus episode you'll get once a month. This week, we're going to be speaking to Rab, and we'll have Rab on wrestling. That will be up by the weekend. Um, tier 3, World Heavyweight Champion, $20 a month, everything in the previous tiers. Get free, I'm going to say you get free tickets for live events if they ever happen. Um, I'll just take that bit out, but they, you will get free tickets when they happen. Uh, free we wrestling. Stopped making jokes about that. It's okay. It's, it's no, now no longer funny to make jokes about it. It's been so long. I know. I know. Uh, free wrestling daft t-shirt of your design, of your choice. Uh, you have to sign up for a minimum of three months to get that. Plus the chance to come on this show as a mark, or you get to go in the main show to do the run-in with Rab and Grado. So if you want to do a run-in on this week's show, please get signed up there. So it's patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. We would love to welcome you to the roster. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to grab a California roll and a sahi and indulge in Wrestling Daft's most popular feature as we once again head to Big Alex's dojo for turning Japanese. What have we got this week, Alex? Well, first of all, I would like to distance myself and the segment from John's 
what's the word? Uh, slightly stereotypical Japanese introduction. Yeah, yeah. The music doesn't help either, does it? Yeah, no, it kind of, kind of doesn't. But I'd just like to let it be known that the production of that side does align with John. <laughs> um, but we've had a pretty... Yeah, like I was, as I was saying last week, I was kind of slightly disappointed that the Summer Struggle Tour was kind of replacing the G1 because the G1's been pushed back and so far didn't really have a point. But they found a point for it. So um, our new IWGP Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion was actually a triple champion because he also held the never six-man openweight tag team championships with two of his former stablemates. So now it's turned out that he is now refusing to defend that title with them because he's joined a different stable. And so those titles have now been vacated. So what they've done with the Summer Struggle Tour is that's now becoming a tournament to decide the new open neverweight six-man tag champions. So well done for them for playing that. So it seems like the evil booking had some even longer term thought going into it other than just the title, the main event picture, which is classic New Japan booking that I absolutely love. But that was by far not the most exciting thing that happened this week. So um, they've been running a, a Young Lions collisions over the past couple of months to try and give some extra content to their subscribers on New Japan World when they've been off, which is essentially their training dojo um, wrestlers getting a little bit of exposure. But now, um, a couple of months ago, they announced the formation of New Japan Pro Wrestling of America, which I'm sure you both would have heard yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was slightly confused, but well, the timing of that was obviously slightly unfortunate with AEW just starting to really ramp up. You know, if they'd done this a year ago, I think it would have been so much more hype around it. And I think a lot of us were unsure what exactly this was going to be. But we finally got our first announcement regarding it a couple of days ago. So basically, as of this week, seven o'clock Eastern time on New Japan World, they are starting a new one hour a week television show called New Japan Strong, which is going to run with all of their American talent who can't get over to Japan to record at the moment. So, and as part of that, they're also running a tournament, which they're doing the New Japan Cup USA, with the winner getting a title shot against your IWGP US champion, who is... Evo. John Moxley. Oh. <laughs> so, I totally. forgot you held that title. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been so long because we yep. haven't seen him over in Japan since uh, Wrestle Kingdom. So, yep. John, is he still the IWGP heavyweight champion? Oh, really? It, it's, it's quite funny It's because they did actually strip him of this belt. I was going to say, he relinquished the title or got stripped to the title, did they not? And then it's, he's now just still got it. <laughs> no, no, so what happened was that he originally, um, when he got injured over in AEW, they're quite strict about the 30-day non-compete uh, rule in New Japan. It's amazing that they are, you know, they abide by their own rules. What a wrestling company do actually by wrestling it? rules. Jesus Christ. Not been in a while. So, yeah, so like John, he couldn't travel across, so he got stripped of the title. Juice then won the title. No, no, he didn't. Uh, Archer won the title. Lance Archer of AEW oh, won right, the title. Okay. And then John won it back off him, essentially. So he's still holding it. Because obviously no one's, they haven't had any wrestling at all. So they've kind of probably just had to put a little bit of a stopgap on their 30-day rule for a couple of months. Extenuating circumstances. We can let them off. Otherwise, every title's vacant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, no champions. So it's, yeah, I'm really excited about this. So the lineup is behind me for those of you who are part of the video podcast. If not, I'll kind of do a quick run through and we'll see who... John actually recognises. I'm intrigued to see. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. I'm, re- I'm recognising some names. 
Right, so let's just run down the card. So Carl Friedrichs is someone I'm not, I've only kind of familiar with through New Japan. He's a good talent. He's a young guy, young American guy, so he's going to do some good stuff. Kenta is... Heard of him. Of course, we've all heard of Kenta. Kenta would be... I reckon Kenta's going to the final. I'm unsure if Kenta's going to win, but I can see Kenta going all the way to the final. Right. Then we have Jeff Cobb of the yeah. recent AEW thing. And then just disappeared, popped up for one show, and then... Yeah, off. for like two shows, then left. Yeah. Um, AKA the monster Matanza Cueto for Lucha Underground. Oh, there he is. Yeah, see, I totally didn't re- realise that was him until I think you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, and I love how all the dominoes just fall into place. <laughs> um, we have Tangaloa, who's the brother of Tamatonga, who Gary has an interview with, coming Friend up very shortly. Tamatonga. Then we have David Finlay, who is the son of Fit Finlay. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, he is my actual other selection for the final here, because they've oh. been pushing him quite strong. He won the IWGT Tag Team Championship at Wrestle Kingdom with Juice, so I reckon he's going to I reckon he's going to have a really good showing here. Chase Owens is your Bullet Club member. So he, um, another young American guy, he's been part of New Japan for a while. He's quite prominent in Ring of Honor as well. Brody King of Villain Enterprises fame. So he's really big in ROH, uh, part of Marty Skrull's um, stable. And of course, probably the most famous in the bracket, your man, Tamatonga. I've heard of him. You've heard of Tama. I've heard of Tama Tonga. And a, lot, a lot of time for Tama. He's definitely one of the biggest um, spokespeople for New Japan across in America. And I think he does a really good job promoting the Japanese product as a whole. So really excited about this tournament. Really excited about having a new show to watch every week. Slightly surprised we've not got Juice Robinson in there or a Marty Skrull, as I thought like Marty especially would have brought a lot of eyes across. But Marty Skrull's got some issues going on at the moment, dude. I don't know if you've read the news. Yeah. Oh, it's... Oh, yeah. I haven't read the Currently news. under investigation from... Hashtag speaking out. Yeah. Okay, I'm no longer surprised. <laughs> uh, <laughs> part of this brand. Although the one thing that I think we might see during this tournament at some point might be um, a certain tag team that are in America that are going to be in New Japan at some oh, point. Yeah, so that's one thing I'm definitely going to be watching every week to see if they turn up. <laughs> I think that especially now that they've got the working relationship with ROH, ROH aren't doing any shows at the moment, so I can see a lot of ROH talent just showing up and stuff like that at the moment while they've still got the working relationship going on. So... Really exciting times, and we will most certainly get a John Moxley appearance at some point. So that is well. It means we can kick the arse out of this feature for a next wee while <laughs> as well. So absolutely you've, fantastic. You've inadvertently picked a fucking great time to start this, John. Listen, it's all produced. It's all pre-produced. Um, and you know what? You're going to get really excited next couple of weeks. We're going New Japan crazy because we've got an interview on Friday's show with the Good Brothers, which Alex, uh, which Gary did. And we also have Tama Tonga on next week as well. Check us out. Giving his thoughts on uh, turning Japanese as well, which is... Uh... This is oh, my God. The only UK podcast doing a dedicated Japan yeah. segment. I love it. On, on, on our group WhatsApp chat uh, that we, Gary and Alex, have, I was so excited that Gary actually asked Tamatonga about the turning Japanese feature on <laughs> Wrestling Daft. It will blow your mind and you'll be able to hear it on next week's Wrestling Daft. Um, until next oh, week. Oh, you haven't got your homework yet. Oh, God, here we go. Yeah, what am I, <laughs> I always ignore it, but what am I meant to be doing? Right, so this week, from the G1 Supercard 2019, some yeah. stipulations of my matches this year. I wanted to get someone they did in America. I wanted to get Tamatonga involved. So, 
You're to watch the four-way tag team match from the G1 Supercard 2019, which is the Tongas, or the Gorillas of Destiny by their full name, Villain Enterprises, which is Brody King and PCO. You also get the great PCO electric chair entrance during this match, which is just hilarious. And then you've got Jay and Mark Briscoe and Evil and Sonata. So you can even see Evil in his previous guise as a tag team wrestler. Excellent, excellent. Well, look forward to that. Obviously, I'll be watching that this weekend. Um, and until next time, sayonara. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, 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 bad news. It's the Whistling News with Gary Cassidy. Back to the original jingle after last week's uh, slightly different Inspector Gadget-based news theme. Um, let's go, however. This is exciting news. Gary's story is the top of our wrestling news. Gary has been on the case and he's been breaking stories again. Um, and apparently this week's Raw tapings were chaos. Gary, what do you know? Yeah, um, I don't think this will come as a surprise for anybody that didn't see the story but watched Raw. Uh, I think they'll be able to see that it was a slightly chaotic um, encounter considering we had a full new venue uh, built that came out of nowhere. Or not a venue, but a full new wrestling setting. Um, and I've changed this man's stuff. basement, Gary. I've told you yeah. before, that's actually <laughs> where we built it. Um, I'm trying not to mention the name of it because we've mentioned those two words for the entire podcast about 300 times. Um, but we obviously had that full new segment. We had a lot of stuff that just seemed kind of thrown together, which is what I'd been told beforehand. I think I've mentioned this a few times on here. I get told that there's multiple rewrites so many times that I've stopped reporting on it because how many times can you report the same thing before it just becomes normality rather than news? Um, but yesterday, it just seemed like something a wee bit different. So, um, aye. And I love the way that this is uh, put here as Cassidy tweeted. Um, so I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, just, I just copied it and pasted it from the wrestling news. Like, <laughs> like, Cassidy tweeted. But just to remind you of your own tweet, Gary. Aye. Um, <laughs> but aye. So uh, that was the, the thing that I tweeted out was essentially that it was totally unprepared. Chaos for the top. I got a few other wee kind of bits and bobs for that. Obviously, I didn't want to mention a load of names. Um, but there was a bit of talk about Bruce Pritchard. Uh, and the the thing that I kind of said for that was a lack of leadership. Um, I'm not going to go too much further with that one because a lot of names get mentioned. The one that I put out was Vince McMahon apparently being volatile. Um, maybe had something to do with a bit of news that we're going to mention later on regarding can, the next can NFL. I ask if the Vince McMahon being volatile is news? Is Vince yeah, McMahon exactly. not just volatile? <laughs> yeah. Considering the amount of money that uh, rides on the success of his company and the way the ratings have been going, I think volatile would probably be the, the lowest emotion <laughs> that it, uh, if you're looking at a scale of anger. But yeah, um, that was essentially, I get told it was chaotic, unprepared. Even later on in the night when I did get told um, just ahead of time about the, the entire Raw Underground, I'll mention it once more thing, the, the thing I was getting told was it was the most chaotic day of tapings in years, which again is something that they, it gets mentioned every couple of weeks. Uh, but I, it was just apparently insanity backstage. Um, a few other people were reporting, I believe WrestleVote said that when the Shane McMahon thing got brought to the attention of the talents, there was, the quote was, a few eyebrows raised. Um, I think that's probably an understatement for the stuff that I was hearing. But yeah. The, the main quote, the thing that I put out in a direct quote, and I get 
moaned it by another popular UK podcast for saying this without a, a, like attributing the quote. Oh, just like, out them, Gary. Who was it? Let's just take them down. Um, it was Gorilla Position, who I really like. Um, oh, I really like Gorilla Position. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rab Florence, calm down <laughs> in the corner. Bye. So I put out this quote, um, and then I'll mention what the, the heat was that I got for it. Apparently, um, there's a lack of leadership and uh, indecisiveness. That was the thing I'd put out, kind of. So the follow-up quote was that the shows will happen and air, but there's no attainable goal of quality because everything is decided under, under the pressure cooker of all coming down to the very last minute. And that, um, which is exactly what I was told. And again, I keep saying this, that the quote is attributed, while I've not said the quote, it's came to me, I'm the person putting it out. I'm the person that is believing the quote, trusting it enough to publish it myself. So it's me that the credibility falls on for that. If you don't believe me, you don't believe the quote. If you believe me, you believe the quote. That's just the way it is. But guerrilla position were like, well, that's a direct quote. You need to attribute it to somebody. Um, who did it come for? And I'm like, well, you don't ask a journalist to name their source because they will not have a source for very long if they name their source on Twitter. And right. their source will not have a job. So that's why they won't have a source. Um, so yeah, it just was a bit, and again, I, I love the podcast. They've, they've been nice guys, but for me, I was just I love, like, love the guys, love the guys. But here's what I want the Wrestling Daft listeners to do right now, okay? And it harks back to what we were talking about earlier on. I want you to pick up your, your smartphone right now. I want you to go onto Twitter, log onto Twitter right there, and go as, at Gorilla Podcast. What are they called? Where are they? Uh, I think it's WWE GP. WWE GP. So that's this other Gorilla Position podcast. And I just want you to tweet them right now. No explanation, just in capital letters, pricks. Right? (laughs) And I want to say I don't endorse this uh, message, but feel free. Gary has nothing to do (laughs) with it. Make sure it's hashtag from producer Mac, not hashtag from wrestling Gary. Right. Just because they're messing with our boy here, Alex. They're messing with our boy. <laughs> listen, we've got your. Listen, we're like a. You know, we're like the new day here. We're going. We've got your back here, Gary. Right. So I just. I don't think the new day would use this particular language, however. But if <laughs> onto the Gorilla Positions podcast right now, at them in and just capital letters pricks and push send. That would be great. And I will say that the tweet is still there, and it has just about. Um, the same reply duplicated from everyone saying, why would you ask a journalist to review their sources? Because that's never going to happen. I'm so, going to do, do it right now. Uh, <laughs> so it's just uh, pretty, um, aye, pretty stupid. But at the same time, I don't really care. Uh, I put the quote out there. It's attributed to me. I'm the person that's given this news. If it, you know, if it proves to be false, I will always put out a disclaimer. Yeah, never had to do one yet. Never had to do any kind of uh, retraction yet. So that speaks for itself. Yeah, but you're going to yourself for a wee bit when Carl and hoping that Carl Anderson signed up for that, That's about the closest I've been. Um, <laughs> but uh, thankfully, obviously, that gets sorted, which people will hear on Friday. Um, everything was correct, and also another person I know from a website called The Sportster asked. Carol Anderson directly, what did you think of Gary Cassidy leaking your news? Right. Which uh, was great fun. I don't know if that was before or after my interview with him, but he said that he didn't mind it because the leak essentially put more eyes on the product. So, uh, move aside, Gallows. I'm going to be Carl Anderson's new tag team partner. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I, we'll just talk, talk about this quickly uh, and then because I want to, to move on to something else. Uh, Chris Jericho was on um, doing a Saturday special thing and he was asked, who he would like to add to AEW roster. Um, he said, can you guess the wrestlers? He said, Alex, who would Chris Jericho want at AEW? Can you guess? 
<laughs> it was what? Like, well, I, I, I got my, I just had that moment where I thought it was when I remember Cody's comment from last week, which is he wanted right. Neo oh, and he wanted five, Zack Ryder. Five, five people that um, from across the world that Chris Jericho wants to see in the promotion. Bill Goldberg. No. <laughs> Greenberg. No. Right. I'll just. Um, right. Okay. Kurt Angle. Yes. Can we see Who? Kurt Angle. No. Um, I think Randy Orton. No, John Cena. Right, you fucked it. Um, <laughs> Roman Reigns. <laughs> he wants to see Roman Reigns, Ricochet, Will Osprey, Kota Ibushi, and he wants to bring over Don Callis from Impact as well as color commentator. There you go. Oh, I, him and Don are old pals. Yeah. yeah, he also loves Cesaro and would love to see Cesaro in AEW. Think he'd be one of the top guys. But uh, the only thing I disagree with is that I do not want Callis in AEW. Right. No. It also leaked that uh, Tay Conte, Ty Conte, would be competing in the AEW Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament last night, just before it happened. Dear, so. dear, dear, dear. But talking about AEW, it is moving nights, we believe. Yeah. So, if you don't like basketball and you do like wrestling, this is probably horrible news, because obviously a lot of people love Wednesday night wrestling. But in saying that, if you really like NXT and AEW... That's probably good news because then you get to watch both live. Um, so this has still not been confirmed by AEW in any way. It was the TV, um, not even it wasn't even the TV promotion. It was a TBS, um, I believe, that put it out, which is part of Warner Media as a TNT press release. Week of August seventeenth, TNT programming alert. Due to the NBA's schedule, so they've addressed it directly as to the reason why, um, AEW Dynamite will make the following shifts on TNT. So the Wednesday, August 19th episode will air on Saturday, August 22nd at 6pm ET. Uh, and I believe that is 11pm or midnight. I'll just double check that. 6pm ET UK is... Should be 11. 11. Yeah. Yeah, so that's 11pm, so again, a little bit of an earlier time slot there. So, again, Saturday, August 22nd, NXT TakeOver is taking place on that day. So, a little bit of a crossover, not completely, because we know that TakeOver, I, I believe, is still a midnight start in the UK. So, it's one hour of crossover. Still interesting, going to be interesting to see who tunes in for a regular week of Dynamite and who tunes in for a TakeOver in that first hour. The other ones I think are a bit more interesting in the grand scheme of things. The Wednesday, August 26th episode will air Thursday, August 27th at 8pm ET. So again, that is our usual time, the 1am in the UK. That's going to air on the Thursday. Uh, as far as we know, NXT hasn't changed whatsoever. That's going to go head-to-head with NBA. Um, and the Wednesday, September 16th, so a quite a bit in the distance, will air Thursday, September 17th. Again, same time, usual time, 1am. The thing that's interesting for me for this is if the ratings boost really, really, you know, if they end up drawing over a million, does that leave a decision to be made on the permanent future of the, the time slot? Thursday like nights are free. Yeah. I, I, I tell you what, right now, David Meltzer has got a stoner, hasn't he? You know, <laughs> this, uh, uh, what are... Uh, Talking about ratings, oh, you'll be exploding all over the place. Um, so, and um, talking about ratings and trying to segue into the next story, uh, the XFL didn't have very good ratings, and now The Rock has bought it, apparently. 2020. I don't think anything would shock me happening this year, ever. 
but this one kind of did a wee bit, but I mean, I was still just like, it's just the times we're living in, isn't it? Um, so the interesting thing here, I don't know if anybody remembers back to the original XFL, but the very first game, I believe The Rock introduced it. I believe he was on the pitch introducing the first XFL game. Hmm. We know what happened. XFL, obviously, Vince McMahon decided to bring it back. Um, COVID-19 threw a bit of a span on the works, so we'll never know if it would have been a success anyway or not, but it went down the pan due to COVID-19. Thought it was just dead in the water. Obviously, it was um, it was auctioned off, but it didn't even get to the auction point. So The Rock, as part of a partnership uh, with another complete company, Redbird Capital, uh, that's and an investment firm. Yep, and his ex-wife Danny Garcia, who I believe they also run as Seven Bucks Promotions or Productions, which is the. the and I think she's a fan family. of tequila as well, does she not? Yeah, Romana. They're still uh, obviously they've got you know a kid together who is a WWE superstar. Um, so they are still you know very very much business partners. Uh, they have bought the XFL for apparently eleven point five million. I believe that's pounds. Um, quite a lot of money considering the position. Oh, the I disagree. I think that's bloody cheap. I thought. Like I guess. Yeah, I guess the potential. Like you compare that to like, wait, what were they talking about for the takeover of Newcastle FC? Like, oh yeah, four hundreds of million. <laughs> you know? It was a whole football franchise. Yeah, this is the entire league. Yeah, and I mean, for the Rock, pocket change. <laughs> I mean, with in context, I guess for the Rock, he's probably spent more than that on a bottle of tequila. Never mind his full tequila production. <laughs> so that's uh, absolutely insane. But obviously, we mentioned it relaunched earlier in the year. Didn't get off the ground. The Rock, big football background. He's been very open about the fact that he really wanted to play American football professionally. Wasn't he quite good enough? Fell into depression before he became a wrestler. And I think even at the start of his career, man. We've seen ballers. We've all seen ballers. I wonder if it will play out in a similar fashion. This is it. It's like <laughs> The Rock's making one of his TV shows become a reality. He's actually, not not just in ballers, he buys a, a team, but now he's buying a full league. What other Rock films would you like to see come true? Because Rock's this, this is what Rock's making happen. He's making... Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy, a hundred times the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> he's going to make it happen, mate. This is what's happening. He's just like going, I wonder if I could actually make that happen. You know, and well, like, do you know what they call him in Hollywood? They call him the franchise saver because they apparently they attribute him to single-handedly saving the fast franchise. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think the the best thing that could happen for all of this is a wee bait and switch. Donald Trump can have the XFL and the Rock can be the president. There you go. That's, <laughs> uh, that's the only way forward for me. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, thank you very much for the news this week, Gary. <laughs> Welcome to Fancy Booking Island, where the drinks are always free. Um, it's an island where anything goes in the world of wrestling. Basically, we get set a task to book something in the fantasy world, and we make it happen through the power of our minds. <laughs> Gary has... <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about this week. Gary has... <laughs> I don't Gary know if has to participate the... in this segment after that intro anymore, John. <laughs> Uh, Gary has the book. What are we going to be booking this week, Gary? Firstly, I hope you're both enjoying your Asahi and sushi on the, your respective <laughs> islands. <laughs> but yeah, this one became more fitting than I thought it would when I booked it. It was one of those ones that, as always, I forgot I'd won because it was such a rare occurrence. You guys asked me what to book. And the first thing that came to my mind, my favourite angles in wrestling ever are invasion angles. 
you know, whether it's Nexus, whether it's the WWE, uh, WCW thing, I guess you would say, um, rather than WWF. But yeah, any invasion angle, I absolutely love. So what better way to get Fantasy Booking Island on the go this week than by just giving you a simple word, invasion. Just book any invasion. Can be anything, can be a faction, can be a promotion. Just an invasion. Right. John, okay. you look so worried about this. I am a bit worried about this because I'm just rethinking what I've kind of got in my idea that I've got in my head. It's a bit controversial, but we'll see how it goes. Anyway, will you decide who goes first out of me and Alex by flipping uh, normally a badge uh, I've with a badge on it? I've not brought my, my badge out of my bag this All week. All I have so is I, a coaster. Like, yeah, oh, I've got back. a coaster there. Yours right is personally related. Use yours. Yep, it's a coaster. You can call it, Alex. You can call it. All right, I'll go for the heads. Tails. I'll go first. Ooh, <laughs> confident. This is because this is this is just written on the back of a fag packet. <laughs> right, okay. Start that timer. We've got three minutes to give our fantasy book in, and it's an invasion angle. Here it goes. Start the clock. Okay, right. So at the moment, AEW kind of booking a lot of independent stars, right? Here's what I'm going to suggest happens. AEW books David Starr, Marty Scurll, and any other terrible person that's been involved in the speaking out movement, okay? So they're all set up thinking they're going into this this fight with kind of Cody for the TNT Championship. Lights go out. Lights come back up. All the female wrestlers that have been involved in the speaking out movement and have been treated like shit are on the outside very much like the Nexus and they all pile into the ring and they batter every single one of them and they go totally over them like the Nexus and there brings this kind of female Nexus troop that go across all the bad men in this world and batter them for being horrible, horrible people. So that's my invasion angle, and I'm leaving it there. I think that's really good. God damn it, John. <laughs> Within the first few minutes, I was like, if Alex says one word, is one. Um, but yeah, I actually pulled it back, and now I'm thinking, uh, that's actually not a bad idea. Uh, I hated it when you mentioned David yeah. Starr, but you brought it back. You brought it back. You actually beat the shit out of, out, out of all. <laughs> yeah, it's a shoot. You, should, you shouldn't have done it in AEW, John. You should have done it in Raw Underground. Damn it! I should have done it in Raw Underground. <laughs> God. Right, anyway, so just short, sharp, and simple. We're going to get our own back. I think it'd just be a really nice angle of like, power to women and fuck these guys. I'm just glad we didn't get you to name the faction of David Starr and uh, Marty Scurll and everyone else. That would have been a, a different kettle of fish. That, and it is just basically the faction is the speaking out the speaking out movement. There, we, there we go. Simple, to the point. Alex, on you go. Mine's the opposite. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Is that a nice <laughs> star faction? All right, here we go. So it all starts on BTE. So the Bucks invite Gals and Anderson around for a cheeky wee game of poker. Gals and Anderson get subsequently pissed. Bucks don't because they don't drink. And they get really drunk and start trying to gamble for jobs in AEW, basically. But they don't get them. So the next week on Dynamite, we have this kind of hyped appearance of Eric Bischoff, because that's apparently happening this week. He appears and he cuts a promo and he's like, things are going to change around here. He's immediately stopped by the young Bucks who come out and be like, who the fuck are you? Who, 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 what are you going to change? 
get out, and they immediately ask him to leave. <laughs> so they're, they're starting to get a little bit pissed off here. So then they go backstage, and they've got Brody Lee comes up to them and tries to start petitioning them for a rematch for, like, for the tag team titles, and they go and see, like, Leva Bates, who wants more time on screen and all this stuff. So they're getting really pissed off, and then they bump into the revival. And we start just laying through them about all these new contract demands that they've been going on about because the Bucks haven't, like, actually heard about this. So in the middle of this, Nick has enough, and he storms out. Matt follows him, but by the time Matt gets outside, he finds Nick put through a table, and he's like, what the fuck? So, the, so we're going to play a little gay, classic game of who done it here. So the Bucks come out next week, and they obviously, they just point blank assume that it's the Dark Order. So they call out Brody Lee, and Brody Lee comes out flanked by the entire of the Dark Order. So in the middle of this segment, two guys wearing Dark Order masks sneak up behind the young Bucks and take them out with motorcycle wrenches. Brody's standing there like, what the hell? But he kind of looks pretty happy about it, but what can you do? So this leaves everyone more confused. So... The Bucks are getting really confused and they like, uh, sorry, missed a bit. So um, the next week, Brody Lee comes out and he's like, who are these guys and why the hell are they attacking us? So he's there with the entire Dark Order and the two guys come down the front of the ramp. Same thing happens as last week. Another two masked guy in Dark Order masks jump out behind him and take him out with motorcycle wrenches. Everyone's very, very confused by this point. And the Bucks are like, right, we need to deal with this. So they go backstage, they assemble the elite, and they're like, we need your help, boys. But Cody's like, I'm too busy, I've got an open challenge this week. And Kenny's obviously way too busy dealing with drunk Adam Page. So Matt looks at Nick and he's like, we need to get the band back together. And he looks at Matt and he's like, I'll make the call. So the match is booked for the week after on Dynamite. Shit, I'm running out of time here. Matt and Nick and their two mystery partners against the four masked men. So, main event of the next week's show, Matt and Nick come out. But before their mystery partners can be revealed, the four guys kind of surround the ring from each segment. Just then, big old Gallows and Anderson run down to the ring to be the Young Bucks' mystery partner. They go give them the big old too sweet. Doesn't happen like that. They both then get immediately kicked in the groin by the Good Brothers, a cheeky wee magic killer. The masked men then jump into the ring and we see a 3D through a table. And the guys slowly pull up their masks. And we have Wes Briscoe, Garrett Bischoff, Devon Dudley, and of course, Bully Ray Dudley, with Taz going mental on commentary. And because I've run out of time. <laughs> oh. There was meant to be a whole bit about Taz coming out at the end, but I ran out. Purely because I need to be an absolute show for the Good Brothers here, because uh, we're going to be airing the interview on Friday. I think Alex has to win. Um, but I did... John, I can't believe you managed to um, make me absolutely hate something and then pull it back to me quite liking it in the space of a minute. Uh, that well, you got beaten by an Aces and Aids reunion, mate. An Aces <laughs> and Aids reunion. <laughs> and again, anything impact related, I'm obviously going to be all in with that. Um, but I, I think Alex was three seconds away from losing because he would have been disqualified if he went three seconds longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I think I need to go with that purely because yeah, I'm a Dudley Boys yeah, marking Alex, Alex did put a lot of thought and effort into it. So I'm just like the school kid that's just turned up with a really raggedy bit of homework <laughs> and tried to get an A. Give Alex an A. And, yeah. and, and mainly because he weaved in several promotions because that would be what Ring of Honor, Impact, and also Free Agent and WWE because Devon is a producer in WWE. I think so. And Wes is, is Wes not in NWA or no, oh. he's in something else or something. Ah, like yeah. Wes is like proper indie these yeah, days. So. Yeah. Well done, Alex. Oh. Another win on the cards for you. Aces and Aids, mate. I'm the, yeah. like, I think me and Gary are the only people in the world that like the Aces and Aids. <laughs> <laughs>
So that's it for this week's show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or get us whenever you get your podcast. You could write something nice like Fraz Bloke is. I think that's my mate Fraser, but well done, Fraser, for writing this. Uh, the two podcasts. Don't write like don't, yeah, don't write prick. Do that to guerrilla uh, podcast people. Fraz uh, Boke says the two podcasts really complement each other. The main show is absolute nonsense in a great way, and the marks are informative and just as much fun as the main show. That's nice, isn't it? It's um, nice when people lie to pay you a compliment. It is, it is really <laughs> that. Uh, and unfortunately, you're stuck with us on the main show this week as well because uh, Rab's away getting married. So um, on the main show, we do the list of wrestling daft there. Um, this week, we put up on our Patreon, which you can vote on, of course, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. How many times have I said that? Um, basically, it was in Ode to the fact that Rab's getting married I put up the best wrestling weddings which I thought was a sure winner but then I put that up against the worst themes in wrestling okay and um, so Gary I don't want to hear because really you're going to do the list of wrestling daft this week so you're going to do the top three on that Alex what is the worst wrestling theme you have heard oh I can't I can't decide there's been so many bad ones but is it, I think it was every single TNA theme that Jeff Hardy wrote for himself. <laughs> yes. And sang for himself. And played for himself. And yeah. He's like, Jeff Hardy's like the Dennis Waterman of kind of wrestling, is it? Write the theme, sing the theme. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it all. He's a one-man band. He's a one-man band. No, no, absolutely. I've got to go for something a bit more contemporary. And I've got to say Jake Atlas's theme because I fucking think it's the worst thing I've ever heard. I don't know why. It's just an electrical generic dubstep. Hate it. Hate it. So anyway, I'll go for Jake Atlas. Uh, Gary will be counting down his top three on Friday's show. Um, So yeah, uh, get involved. um, Sign up to the Patreon. You'll get the video version of this. Uh, And Paul, you know, why don't buy yourself a t-shirt as well? Hey, what the hell? Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. We get all the t-shirts up there. Gary, where can we get you on Twitter for all the wrestling scoops and detective work? Time to bring out the old catchphrase where if you're already gonna go and follow Wrestling Daft, do that and then take away the last four letters, stick in another four, G-A-R-Y, Wrestling Gary on Twitter. There you go. And where can we see pictures of cats on your Twitter? Yeah, yeah. There's Steve Baboon, but not as if I posted anything on Twitter. <laughs> don't post it. If you want just to, to follow out, it's just to. You want to follow a blank Twitter account? Feel free. Just as ego to follow Alex as well. I'll be at producer Mark. You'll get me there. Uh, boys, thanks very much as ever. And until next time, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.